0: From the heart of London, with your host, Danny Ashok, here is the Young Squire Podcast.
1: Hmm, yep, 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 welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 33 of the Young Squire Podcast. I hope you're all doing well. I'm back. Uncle Danny is back once again. What can I say? I've been busy. I have, I have. I've been uh, been a busy bee, you know. I've been a busy bee. I just wanted to shoot the breeze for a little bit. Had a bit of time to spare. I uh, I can't say I'm in a good mood, guys. I can't. I can't. I wish I could. I wish I could, but I can't. Because I have a mouse in my house. This isn't the start of some Dr. Seuss story. I have an actual mouse in my house, I'm not a fan, mm no sir. not a fan of the Miseses, not a fan of the rodents, the rodentes, as they, um, as they call them in, you know, Mexico, probably, I don't know. And this mouse, this mouse has been causing, causing chaos, causing uh, destruction wherever it goes, wreaking havoc in my household. It's like that movie Mouse Hunt. Remember that movie with Lee Evans and Nathan Lane, the the, the two brothers? They're trying to sell the house or, or renovate their house or something like that, and this mouse is just ruining their lives. That's what this is. And the worst thing is, just like that classic movie that spoke to a generation, this mouse is, is always, always just one step ahead of me. I'm man enough to admit it. One step ahead of me. The mouse is very clever. Dastardly, but clever. You never hear that word anymore. Dastardly. I'm trying to bring it back. I uh, I laid out a mouse trap in the living room. I put some peanut butter on there thinking, this is it. This is gonna be it. So long, sucker. Next morning, the trap is still there. The peanut butter is gone. Just gone. Somehow, this son of a bitch managed to, to, to out-trap the mousetrap. It stole the peanut butter, and, and it was seemingly as, as light as a feather to get the PB and not have the trap even feel it. One step ahead of me. Son of a bitch. The other day, I was in my bedroom. I was just minding my own business, you know? I was just minding my own business. You know me, I wouldn't hurt a fly. And then suddenly... I see this, this dickhead of a mouse climbing up my guitar case. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, I have a, I have a guitar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm uh, you know, your regular uh, Bruce Springsteen, you know? And um, speaking of the guitar, by the way, or as I like to call it, the guitar. Sometimes I just mispronounce words just to confuse people and to sound a little bit pretentious. I remember going to the doctors when I was, um, you know, I started becoming intolerant to gluten. And I kept telling the doctor that I had stomach cramps. And he kept correcting me by saying stomach. (laughs) And I would say, yeah. And then I would keep saying stomach. (laughs) It's the little things in life, you know, (laughs) you got to find entertainment where you can. And um, yeah, so I bought this guitar earlier this year thinking, I want to learn how to play the guitar. This is why I bought the guitar, because I wanted to, to learn how to play the guitar. I want to be your, uh, you know, your, uh, your, brown uh, brownhead cheerin' You know? Got the guitar, and I realized the guitar is way too big for me. I'm only small. I need me, a, like a kid-size guitar or something. It was too big. Too big. Lesson learned. Do not mail order a guitar. Go to the shops. Make sure it's the right size. I mean, I've played it twice. I've played it twice. I've given up. So... If anyone wants a brand new acoustic guitar, it's virtually brand new. It's a Yamaha F310, I believe. Barely touched. You know, let me know. I'll sell it for a decent price. Anyway, back to the mouse. So this mouse was uh, was climbing up my insanely uh, giant, large guitar case, because it's a really big guitar, and it just looked at me. With its beady little eyes, it just stared at me as if to say, this is my house now, bitch. It was like uh, it was like that scene from the the, the Tom Hanks movie uh, Captain Phillips you've seen that with the uh, the ship and the Somali pirates and the lead pirate looks at Tom Hanks and says, "Look at me, I am the captain now." And that's essentially what this mouse was saying to me through through nonverbal communication It was looking at me saying, "I am the captain now I'm gonna to have to kill it aren't I?" I'm sure there's there's many of you saying, you know, saying to yourselves right now, do you have to kill it? Do you have to kill it? The answer is yes. Yes, I do. I remember, I remember filming something once. um, It was summertime, in summertime, and the makeup lady, she was vegan, which may or may not explain the following. But she, uh, she saw me kill a mosquito that was hovering around me. And she said, she said, did you have to kill it? Mosquitoes have hearts and feelings too, you know. Jesus, I wish I had recorded that so I could play it back to her, so she would be able to hear how stupid she sounded. Mosquitoes have hearts and feelings too, you know. It's like shut up. Did it have a heart and feelings when it was trying to suck the blood out of my body? Did it, you mosquito lover? But I'm gonna have to kill this mouse. I am. I don't want to. You know, you know me. I wouldn't hurt a fly. I'm a nice guy. You know, I used to watch. Uh, I used to watch Tom and Jerry as a kid. I was always on Jerry's side. I used to think he was so cute and funny. Thought we could be friends. It was all a lie. Deception. You know, there was a point where I saw this mouse and I thought back to, to that film Ratatouille and I thought, hmm, maybe this mouse can help me cook. And then I realised, I thought to myself, this is a mouse and that was a rat. And we all know that rats are great at cooking, but mice aren't. So I'm going to have to kill this son of a bitch. And the, the worst moment, the worst moment was uh, uh, recently I watched that movie Hereditary. I'm not good with horrors, I'm really not, never have been, but that night I could hear the mouse in my room just just scratching away at something. I don't know what sounds the mouse was making, that, those weren't the sounds, but it's as close as I can get. It scared the life out of me, it did. Because all I could think about was that movie Hereditary. Never, never been good with horrors, never. I remember when I was a kid, I watched this film called, um, called uh, Paper House. It's a, a British horror movie. It was about this girl who would draw stuff and then it would come to life in her dreams. It was, it was weird. So she drew this house and suddenly she dreams about the house. And then she draws a boy by the, uh, uh, by the window of the house. And then in her dreams, the boy comes to life, but he's, he's like paralyzed. He's in a wheelchair. He can never leave the house. And then she draws um god i want to say she draws her dad maybe but she doesn't like the drawing so she crosses out the face and then in her dreams there's like a blind monster like a blind ogre that comes to kill them scarred me for life that did i was about eight years old when i saw that not good not good not good uh uh, parenting from my parents then i remember seeing hellraiser around about the same age with, uh, with uh, what's his face, with Pinhead. Remember him? To this day, to this day, I have no idea why the guy had pins in his head all over his face. Was it an acupuncture accident gone wrong? Who knows? I don't know. But I know it scared me. Never, never been good with the horrors. Never. And you know, I shouldn't be scared of horror movies. I I really shouldn't. Because, you know, a few years back, I had a ghost in my house. A white woman in a black velvet dress. And I know what you're thinking. Are you sure it was a ghost? Maybe it was just an actual an actual white woman breaking and entering into your house. And doing it in style, in a black velvet dress. But um, and that would actually be a great way, a great way to get away with robbing people's houses. Just dress up like a ghost from the 18th century. So that way even if the even if the homeowner sees you, they'll run away thinking they've seen a ghost. And then only afterwards will they think to themselves, why was that ghost carrying my iPad? So so bizarre, so strange. And I, I'd never seen her. I've never seen this ghost. A part of me wants to because at least then I can definitively say I believe in ghosts. But at this point, I'm still on the fence. But a family member saw the ghost. And then a lot of weird things started happening in the house. And it's it's funny because, you know, human nature, human nature will always try and uh, explain these things away. It's our natural defense mechanism. If you think about the amount of times you have... You've been walking somewhere outside, and you accidentally stumble or trip in the street. Nine times out of ten, you're going to look back at the street as if as if the street was the one to blame. It's clearly a very badly built street. It's um, a, a situational attribution error, I believe that's the term. You're blaming external circumstances rather than accepting that uh, that you were clumsy that you just can't walk properly because you're an imbecile. Happens to me all the time, by the way. And it was the same. Same thing with the ghost that I had. It was a weird thing started happening, and I was trying to to blame it on anything other than it being a ghost. And it started getting ridiculous. Started getting ridiculous to the point where I had no choice but to believe that there was a ghost in the house. Like my brother-in-law saw the ghost. But you think to yourself... Maybe he was drinking that night and maybe he imagined it. But then my niece, who was three at that time, also saw the ghost. And you think to yourself, maybe she'd been drinking and maybe she imagined it. Why is that knife floating in the air? Or maybe it's one of those flying knives. That's pretty cool. Eventually, we just had to accept that uh, there was a ghost in the house. A priest came in. priest came in to exercise the house. Exorcise. Had a good workout exercise? How do you say it? Exercise? Exorcise? I don't know. But since then, house has been fine. No ghosts. No incidents. I remember my mum telling me about, um, about a family friend who was seemingly possessed, as all great family friends are. And he would, uh, he would sleepwalk in the middle of the night, which isn't weird. A lot of people sleepwalk. I used to sleepwalk as a kid too. This is why my mum brought this up, because she was comparing sleepwalking sons in the Asian community. Everything's a competition in the Asian community. If you're in a good job, your Asian mother will find someone who is in a better job that she can compare you to. As an example of what you should strive for. You could have the most perfect life in the world and your Asian mother will find someone that she can compare you to just to to bring you down a peg or two. But this was actually one example where I came off better because my mother spoke about this... um, the son of one of her friends who would sleepwalk. And I used to sleepwalk too, as I mentioned, when I was about 12. And my mum said, you know, well, your sleepwalking was nowhere near as bad as his. And I asked why. And she said that he would get up in the middle of the night, he would find a black cloth, wrap it around his head, as in around his head from head to chin, not around as in the back to the front like a ninja, Cause that'd be quite a cool look. This was the reverse of a ninja. It was uh, it was a, uh, an ajnin. Um, and this was around his head, so you could still see his whole face. It's like when, uh, when the queen goes hunting, you know, she wears a little floral thing around her head. It was like that, but just really scary. And my mum said, you know, she, he would, he would wrap his head round with this black cloth, and he would go wake his mum up. And you know how he would wake her up. I asked her how. My mum loves building the tension up and she said he would go into his mum's room and start strangling her in the middle of the night. I was like, Jesus, it would have been easier just to set an alarm on the phone, to be honest, but I mean, what a way to wake up. And so his mum would be there having to fight him off and then he would snap out of it. And this happened a few times. So I said, my God, what, what happened to him? And my mum said, oh, well, he doesn't do it anymore. They took him to the temple and now he's a vegetarian ah okay (laughs) that's what it was the meat ghost this is what happens when you have one too many beef burgers people you become possessed the sausage satan crazy though right crazy and i had so many questions i had so many questions about his sleepwalking antics like like where was he finding all of these black cloths to wrap around his head like did they have to be black could they be a different color? Maybe a maybe a pale shade of of fuchsia, to really bring out the color of his satanic eyes as he strangles his mother in the middle of the night. So many questions, but yeah, very bizarre, very bizarre. I was reading this article just just uh, uh, just earlier on today. George Clooney is the highest paid actor of of last year, despite not being in a film since like two thousand and sixteen. He beat out The Rock, and he beat out Robert Downey Jr. But they say that most of his fortune comes from selling his tequila business. How, how can you be listed as the highest paid actor if the majority of your money has come from a tequila business? That It doesn't, am, am I, am, I'm just confused. It's like if um, if someone working at Tesco's was regarded as the highest paid Tesco's employee because he earned a lot of money winning the lottery. It doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. I don't know why, that was just on my mind. Speaking of actors, I, uh, I moved agents recently. Yeah, this is a bit of advice for actors out there because I have actor friends who move agents constantly every few weeks or a couple of years. I was with my previous agent for 10 years. That's an entire decade. And look, there was no, um, there was no animosity. There was no hard feelings. I simply felt like they had taken me as far as they could, but perhaps not as far as I felt I could go. So, yeah, it was time for me to, to, to leave. It was time for me to move on. And I wanted to tell them face to face. I did. I wanted to do the right thing. I wanted to tell them face to face. But I phoned them. I phoned them to ask if I could pop around the next day. And they said they were busy. So I asked about the day after, and they said uh, the same. They they had a really busy week. It was like being friend zoned by a girl that you've gone out with. Hey, you you free this week? Oh, um, I'm uh, I'm really busy with work. A lot of uh, a lot of work stuff at the moment. Oh, okay. Um, how about um how about next week? Um, it's actually my friend's um uh, funeral, and she told me today that I have to be there. Oh on, she told you to. Is your friend really dead? Hello? (laughs) And so I thought, okay, screw it. I wanted to tell them face to face. I couldn't do that. So I'm going to have to do it over the phone. And so I did. I told them on the phone. And I feel like it was harder for me than it was for them. They took it surprisingly well. I was there thinking there would be, you know, tears... You just maybe a little bit of snot. Just uh just general general fluids everywhere. But um there was nothing. They were very professional about it, I guess. But it was a reminder. It was a reminder to me that uh this is show business, it's not show friends. We had uh we had a good run together, achieving some some pretty cool things, and it was time for me to go. And I'm glad I have. I think it's been the right choice so far for me, so I'm happy. And one of the last jobs that I did with my previous agent was a corporate, a corporate video. And I think I've spoken about corporate videos before. Easy money, usually. Actors sometimes do them just to get a bit of, a a little bit of extra cash. Now, the production company for this corporate video, I'd done one previous job with them before, which they were very late in paying. In fact, they only paid um, for that particular job a day before this one started. And they sent me the script. It was two days worth of filming. They sent me the script a day before we started filming, which is pretty shitty too, because anyone that's done corporates will know that a lot of the time there is a lot of unnatural dialogue in these things because the purpose of these videos is to inform employees. And so the the dialogue is very information heavy, right? So as soon as I got the script, I'm there trying to learn it all, a fair amount of dialogue to learn as well, I was up for most of the night. I got three hours sleep because it was a real early start. And you know what? I actually felt pretty good. I felt pretty good as to where I was with the lines at that point. I didn't feel like I was in uh, in, a, in a terrible position. Now, the other actor that was involved in this corporate, oh boy. First of all, let me say this, okay? You know, sometimes in life, you meet people who love to be the focus of any situation and they will constantly want to make everything about them and they want to keep making making jokes quotation mark jokes to keep the attention on them and that's what this guy was we probably all encountered someone like that at some point and it was fascinating it was fascinating because i would watch him at moments where the focus was not on him and you could just see so vividly how uncomfortable he was in those moments it was fascinating it was, like, uh, it was like David Attenborough doing a documentary. And here we have the egotistical actor in his natural habitat. Now, this guy, four times on that first day, four times, I said to him, if you want to go over the lines, just let me know. And we'll do it. Four times. And three times, he said no. The first time, he said yes. And actually, I think that he was maybe a little bit embarrassed because... That first time when we went over the lines, I was pretty, pretty on point with all of my dialogue. I had them in my head, and he wasn't. Or maybe his process was just that he wanted to learn them by himself. I can respect that, that's fine. But he kept on getting his lines wrong, over and over and over again. And so we had to do take after take after take. In almost all of these scenes, by the way, We're both eating uh, sandwiches, cucumber sandwiches. Honest to God, by the end of the two days of filming, like, if I ever see a cucumber again, it'll be too soon, quite frankly. Because take after take after take after take after take, this dingleberry was getting his lines wrong. And on each take, I'm having to take a bite out of the sandwich over and over again. And it's gluten-free bread, which is gross. And I'm not going to say that I was word perfect with my lines, Did I mess up here and there, sure. But because of this fella, we had to do this this particular scene about 20 times. About 20 times. Every scene we did over the two days, we had to do far more many times than we should have had to do because he kept messing up. And the thing that really annoyed me, more than anything, it wasn't even that he was getting his lines wrong, but if I was in his position and I kept messing up and I kept letting my fellow actor down, kept letting the crew down as well, I would make sure that at every single opportunity, whether it's uh, you know in between the crew setting up for the next shot, or if it's during a tea break or lunch or whenever, I would have that script in my hand and I would be going over those lines over and over till they were embedded into my head. What does this guy do during those times? But he was just making jokes, because he's a funny guy. He was making jokes. Love to be the focus of the room. At one point, at one point, I kid you not, he starts singing three verses from some song from Les Mis. I was going out of my mind with frustration. I was thinking, why are you wasting this time to sing some song from, from Les Mis? Learn your fucking lines. So now it's time for my close-up. I'm meant to be reacting to the things that he's saying, obviously. As well as delivering my own, uh, my own lines as well. My lines being a reaction, a result of what he's saying to me. But fucking Susan Boyle over here, Mr. I Dreamed a Dream, doesn't know any of his lines. So during my close-up, this is what he did with those lines. Well, maybe you can speak to the manager and blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. <gasps> <sighs> oh. I was getting angry. I was getting, I was, I was, I could cry. I could cry. I was so angry. <laughs> I didn't even think, I, I mean, I couldn't even hide the anger off my face. I was ready, to, I was ready to find me a black cloth, wrap it around my head, and start strangling this bitch. I was not happy. He blah, blah, blahed me. I've never seen or heard of an actor doing that ever. Let me tell you something, if I ever got to the point where where that was what I gave to another actor during their close-up, I would quit. I would quit. Bye-bye. That would be it. I would retire in shame. And he would say, he would try and defend himself. He would say, it's so weird, because when the camera isn't there, the lines are in my head, but as soon as the camera's turned on, it all goes. I'm there thinking, listen, if you can't perform in front of the camera when you need to, and you can't remember your lines then maybe you shouldn't be an actor. If you literally can't do one of the most important aspects of your job, don't do that job. If you're a pilot and you're scared of flying, here's an idea. Don't be a pilot. If you're a painter but you're scared of uh, paintbrushes, then maybe don't be a painter. It's not rocket science. If you're a rocket scientist (laughs) and you're scared of rockets and of sciences, then don't be a rocket scientist. It's really not that hard. My voice is going so high, I'm so angry. But that's my advice. That's my advice to actors in this episode. Learn your fucking lines. Learn your fucking lines. Even if you mess up a little bit, that's okay. That's fine. But as long as you have learnt the majority, at least the rest of us involved will know that you're trying. Everyone loves a trier. And no matter what, no matter what, please, for the love of God, do not start singing songs from Les Mis when you could be learning those lines, okay? I dreamed a dream of touch. Ta- Shut the fuck up, you fucking asshole. Oh, got me so angry. And breathe. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. This is cheaper than therapy. It really is. I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders I needed to, to just have a rant about the blah 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 guy and I have and I feel much better now. Go follow us on the Instagrams and the Twitter at The Young Squire. Leave us a review on iTunes. Go spread the word about the show. Tell your friends, tell your family and uh, go enjoy life, guys. We'll be back soon with more from The Young Squire. I'm going to go kill a mouse, but until next time, as the great Mr. Feeney once said, do good. Yeah, buddy.
0: Yeah. Said I was raised in the days of my space and screen names. Back then when I was only worried about my top friends. Now my circle is getting smaller. All these people acting fake, man. And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten. Me against the world. I've been doing what I really love. Haters been hiding behind the screen, man. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same, cause we've been doing our own thing, trying to stay up. I want to go back to days with no grades. We ordered the kids meal, play ball us all day now. I'm stuck looking at this Instagram page, but these likes on my picture don't result in getting paid now. I've been wondering where the party at, cause all of my concerns got me wondering. to get away we gotta live it up carolina here to stay Since I was shooting hoops, new issues, you know what I've been going